Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast presented by Waterproof. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the top coaches, brand managers, and athletes on earth. From starting out to where they are now, we'll explore the journey of how they became a Difference Maker. Before we keep going, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to hear more from the Difference Makers. All right, guys, we're live. This is the Difference Makers podcast. My name is Justin Tamani. I'll be your host today. Today, we have with us Rob and Lizzie Carson. So Rob is the engine by Carson coach, the programmer. He's also the endurance coach for Underdogs Athletics. And we also have with us Lizzie Carson, who owns Concept Fitness in New York and is the 2021 Games Masters Games athlete. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording here. We were talking about how we got into the space and how we want to make how you guys want to make rowing a bigger part of your community locally. But I want to hear about you guys first, and then we'll we'll get into some of that stuff after. But tell me about your your backgrounds and how you guys got into the CrossFit space, um, and you know, and coaching these things. Uh, Rob, let's uh, start with you maybe. Yeah. So I was actually a New York city police officer for almost 10 years. I got injured on the job. Um, and when I was injured, you know, I, I grew up playing ice hockey, surfing, a lot of stuff that you would actually need your, your hips for. And I suffered hip injuries on the job. And, um, I had a buddy who owned a CrossFit gym who was trying to talk me into coming there. And I thought that was crazy. I'm like, I'm injured. How am I going <laughs> to do CrossFit? But he was like, no, we have rowing machines, bikes, you know, there's always something you can do. So eventually I took him up on it and I went in, basically fell in love with the rower right away. Cause I was big endurance athlete growing up, swimming, running. Um, and I needed something that, you know, I could keep that competitive edge and rowing was it because there was no pain, you know, zero impact. So fell in love with that right away. And then I felt, you know, I saw there was kind of like a need for it in CrossFit to coach. You know, not many athletes were taking the rower that seriously. And I saw that there was something there. And uh, actually, that's how I met my wife. I reached out to her on Instagram telling her I could help her with her rowing. <laughs> Hey, your rowing technique does not look good. <laughs> it actually was start here. I have to defend myself. Like <laughs> I kind of felt like I was a good rower. I was like, oh, but I I never turned down help. So, like anyone that's like, hey, I'm an expert in this. I was always like, let's go. I want to learn more about it. Awesome. So, and then Lizzie, what was your background? Kind of starting out within the space. I actually got into CrossFit pretty late. I didn't start. Um, CrossFit until 2013. And I, and I was able to make regionals that year um, without having an athletic background. So unlike Rob, I didn't play sports growing up. Uh, I'm from Oceanside and I was like, I guess I found it cool to like, not be cool. You know, like not, <laughs> I didn't play sports. I was just like wasting it away. <laughs> So it, later on in life, I, I have um, two girls and I enjoyed working out. So I joined a local CrossFit and fell in love with it. And you made, so you said you made regionals in 2013, like your first year of uh, being within the sport. And that's how, that's crazy to think about that, that in 2013, somebody who's like really fresh 
you know, just started the sport, made, you know, to one of the highest levels of competition, that does not happen anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> that does not happen like that anymore. Well, it has changed. <laughs> yeah. And so, Rob, when you reached out to Lizzie about the rowing and, and kind of some of the, the things you wanted to help with, did it, did you, were you already coaching rowing athletes at that point or were you coaching um, CrossFit athletes at all at that point? Yeah, I was helping out a little bit at the gym I was going to. We were going to separate gyms at the time, but yeah. nothing official. Like I wasn't coaching a class yet. Um, it wasn't until I met Lizzie that I actually started coaching a class at her uh, CrossFit facility she was in. Okay. And then when did you guys open, or Lizzie, when did you open uh, Concept Fitness? Um, in 2019. Okay. So you'd been in the space for a while. I had like a small pilot program where I rented a space from a spinning studio. So the spin studio was in the back and then there was an open studio in the front, 10 rowers in the front, and we outgrew the space very quickly. So then I was on the hunt to find, um, a larger location and on the water because I really wanted to offer on the water rowing crew. So, um, opened the space in 2019 and then last year during COVID we expanded into the yard and built the docks and now we're on the water as well. That's so cool. Cause that's not something that people get an opportunity to do, especially in the CrossFit space. I know there was strength in depth a couple years ago where they rode, I believe it was a 500 on the water. That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but, I kind of remember that. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. I think, I think they had the the pontoons on the side, obviously, so the boats didn't flip over. I think so. Yeah, but I remember it being in, in London or in in the UK yeah. somewhere, and that was yeah. it was. Um, yeah, it's big in the UK. Yeah, yeah, that's the first time it's ever come up in in a CrossFit competition where it's been on the water. So. Yeah, should be more. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, you guys have concept in the name and concept two is, is a very huge, huge company within the, the endurance space. Does yep. there, is there any connection with concept two or is it just. No, like we're, we're not um, affiliated with concept two, okay. but our whole um, philosophy behind the gym is influenced by the concept two machines. So mm-hmm. we, have all concept two machines, rowers, bikes, and skis. So that's the, the, the foundation of our program. And then that is mixed with strength movements. So it's strength movements and then the conditioning using all concept two machines. So huge uh, influence and we're friendly with them. They, they know how much we love and respect and how much they've influenced us for sure. Awesome. And before we, uh, Lizzie opened the gym, that's, you know, when Engine by Carson was born, like I was training a few athletes and then Lizzie was like, you need to, you know, do this for more people. We need to help more people with this. So, you know, Engine by Carson helps in the ski, the bike, the rower, running, swimming, anything you could think of endurance wise. Um, but Lizzie pushed me towards doing that and I'm very happy she did. Awesome. I want to hear more about the program. Yeah. So, you know, we have a couple different options with the program. Um, we have a private Facebook group that, you know, people will post their results because the community is huge, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's one of the main reasons we do it. 
Um, and then Lizzie also offers like a stroke analysis too for your ski, for your row. She'll help you, you know, with the form, which, you know, not a lot of coaches have the time or, you know, the ability to do. And we do. So Lizzie's huge on that. Well, the form is really important. And a lot of programs refer to conditioning and endurance work as like, um, like, what do they call it? They call it like bitch work. Yeah, yeah. Or or like active recovery. (laughs) Yeah. And they just think time on the machine itself is going to make you better. And I disagree with that because I think that if you're not mindful about pacing and mindful about your form, that you're actually wasting your time and that you're increasing your risk of injury. So I like for people to approach the program with mindful intent, hitting certain numbers, hitting negative splits, controlling your pace and having your form be the most important part. So when somebody onboards the program, I usually try to get them right away to do a stroke analysis so I could see what they're doing. Most of the time it's free. I just need to see what's going on over there because in, in CrossFit Olympic weightlifting and a lot of these other movements, people focus so much on form. It's so important. You would never see them do this ugly snatch at a high level competition, but the rowing that you see at high level competition is cringeworthy because no other program other than ours pays attention to the form. Yeah, that's very true. I think uh, the number of times I've had coaches address my rowing form is has been very, very minimal. Other than just, you know, here's a couple little quick tips. Like let's let's fix yeah. this. And I've had a few friends who are rowers, and we actually had a rower on the show, um, Liz. She was with uh, oh, I'm gonna mess this up, but she rowed at an Ivy League school in the states. Um, but the form was something that was so brushed over. Yeah, you know, like push pull go back, don't move around too much. You're good. Yeah. But paying attention to that and then having the minute details figured out or worked on with your coaches is, is a very important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's super important. And it's like these little adjustments that you can make, like, especially for a CrossFit athlete, like that's where I really found like my niche was like, there's a ton of rowing coaches, you know, there's a ton of swimming coaches, running coaches, but hmm. I found that like I could do all of them and I could help, you know, a CrossFit athlete, especially like my wife, for instance, she was, you know, my test dummy. Um, We would change all these things and, you know, help out all this endurance stuff. And I taught her about pacing on the rower because to her defense, she was a good rower before we met. She was pulling these ridiculous numbers, but she wasn't realizing what that number was doing to her the rest of the workout. Yeah. I wasn't like optimizing my recovery. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so if it was like, uh, let's just say like five rounds of like 500 meter row and like 20 pull ups, 10 clean and jerks kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That she row pacing is significant. Exactly. She might have been like smoking her lower back because she was just leaning in and, you know, whipping back as far, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I would have could. to rest before doing the pull ups. Yeah. Where once we optimized the stroke and I figured out what pacing was all about, I was able to go a lot faster throughout the entire workout rather than just on the rows. Yeah. Kill myself on the, you know. <laughs> How did you find your your endurance training and the, and the, the engine program that you've been doing? How did that impact 
some of the couplets and some of the the combinations of movements that came up in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, or the qualifiers. Yeah, everything. Yeah, all, all that I did before the games this year was endurance training. Yeah, I actually tricked her into the cross. I wasn't going to do the open. I hadn't done the open in three years. <laughs> so. so. I want to hear more about this. No plans on doing the open. All I did was endurance training. Yeah. And um, had a great rowing season. And then Rob said, do the open just for fun. It'll be good for the gym. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. And then I had finished um, to qualify for the age qualifier, but also for, what was it, sectionals or? Uh, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Yeah. Quarterfinals. I yeah. did quarterfinal workouts. Okay. Um, but not in the like we we didn't put them in. We just no. Yeah, we just yeah. We just did them. Sent them to Justin. And um, it's all about the endurance. Like all the other stuff, it transfers right over. So yeah. I know what my red line feels like. So we base everything off of the two K, and I consider that my ultimate red line. So yeah. that that's a 147 pace on the rower. I know I could do that for eight minutes. And then that has me, you know, wishing I was dead. So we don't want to get to the point, that point. I don't want to hit red line, but I yeah. know what 150 feels like. Mm-hmm. So then when I'm doing pull-ups or I'm doing thrusters, I know what 150 feels like on that almost. Yeah. You know, like what that pace feels like off of the rower. When I'm doing burpees, I'll say, this kind of feels like a 155 pace. The Wadproof Pro Experience contains hundreds of training sessions that will boost your progress, whether you're a beginner or a pro. Start your seven-day free trial now and get access to all of our top-level training programs. Search the Wadproof app or click the link inside this episode description to find out more. On the burpee. And I know that I could stay there for 40 minutes. So yeah. then I push it and I think to myself, I'm doing the pull-ups. Okay. I'm hitting around a 147 pace. <laughs> it's so interesting that you're able to know the, you know, like when, when you hear those numbers, one for people who aren't aware, 147 pace refers to your pace that you would go to complete a hundred and excuse me, 500 meter row. Yeah. So when you, when you look at the monitor and the readout, if it says 147, at that pace you're currently going, it would take you a minute and 47 seconds to finish a 500-meter row for people who aren't sure. Yeah. So the difference of a 147 to a 150 aerobically, or sorry, on time doesn't seem like a lot, but aerobically can be very significant. Yeah. It's huge. And the your ability to just adjust that from 147, 150, 155, and know how that's going to impact the rest of your training or the rest of the, the movements within the workout. That's really significant. Yeah. Yeah. That's just time on the rower, yes. but time on the rower mindfully. Yes. Correct. You can't just be there, you know, no, like no. blow up outside of a car dealership. Yeah. Like yeah. we have athletes that just send us, you know, like they don't set the screen, they do a 2K, they just let it count up. We're like, yeah. well, you didn't do your 2K, so you got to redo it now because it didn't. It's not showing us anything. There's no memory screen. We can't see the breakdown of the, you know, per 500. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's teaching the athletes that too. You know, like how to track your progress. It's huge. And I like that too. I like being able to see those 
quarterly 500 meter split times like that's pretty significant if we can you know you can tell if somebody goes out super hot and then just yeah. crashes and burns or if they yeah. you know so is that a lot so you guys say you know your 2k is kind of in the rowing world that's like the that's like the king that's yeah. your name yeah everybody knows their 2k time yeah that's what they test in the olympics on the water that's you know that's in college that's how you get in yeah yeah um so you guys are using the 2k time to help dictate a lot of other performance markers um rob's when you're, the pace whisperer say that again rob's the pace whisperer <laughs> okay so the Tell athletes before any event will yeah. say what should i hold on this or what should i do here if it's yeah. rowing thrusters burpees whatever and yeah. rob will say what's your 2k if he's not familiar with them, like we haven't had them on the program for long. Yeah. He could tell them exactly what to hold, exactly how much faster to get. And it's like, it's magic because it works every single time. All right. Yeah. I mean, even in the last, what was a rogue invitational carries oh, yeah. last competition. Yep. The event that she won had the row to start. Yes, and now that's she's, correct. She's a smaller athlete going against some of these bigger girls, especially on a rower. Like that's a big difference, especially in a short, I think it was like 21 calories or something. So she had reached out or was it 40 cal? It was 40. I think 42 for the men. Yes. I think it was the same for the women. I believe it was 40 it was okay. somewhere around there. Yeah. And she, you know, she had reached out and she was like, what pace should I hold? And I, you know, I told her 1400 calories per hour. Now, what helped was my wife and I had did a um, local team competition a couple weeks before, and I had my wife start out with a 30-calorie row at 1,600. Okay. So I knew Carrie could hold 1,400 and still complete the work afterwards. Yeah. So the the workout we're talking about had 30-ring muscle-ups, something along the lines of 40 to 50 strict handstand push-ups, some yep. weighted step ups, some farmers carries. Like it wasn't uh it was a it was probably the longest chipper of the weekend. Yeah. And the the most high skill event of the weekend by far. Um so I mean from the handstand push-ups, you think that Kari would do pretty well, the muscle ups she would do pretty well, but then there's some like heavy, awkward stuff with the farmers carries and the um it was a feed bag step up that yep you know, a high step up, but yeah. And about 80 cals of rowing. Yeah. And yeah. She blew that one away. And I just knew, you know, for her, like coming off the rower in 10th place is never a good thing. You don't want to come off that far behind. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you have to push it, you know? And she did. She stuck to the plan. I, I asked her afterwards. I was like, what did you hold? She's like, I held the 1400. <laughs> and that's the type of athlete she is you know yeah i'm not gonna put her in a position where she's gonna fail obviously yeah but i know that she's capable of it and then those movements like you said are in her wheelhouse so it was time to take a chance and we did and it worked out yeah and now okay so getting on to kari a little bit so how did you come to meet her and start working with kari um Tell me a little bit about that relationship and then how that kind of stemmed into uh, the underdogs team. So Carrie had did a local competition in our hometown in Oceanside. 
And that's how like we started to like see her because she was I think that was 2015 and she was brand new in the sport, ended up making the games that year. And then in 2016, we had reached out to her about helping her with her rowing, went into her gym. And I always say I wish I had a video of how she was rowing, you know, to compare what we did. But literally, like I saw it and I said, we have to stop you right now. and We got to change this. And we changed it. And she's such a fast learner that she literally picked it up right away. And I never wanted to see that old form again. So I never made her do it again. (laughs) But she picked up the form right away. And she saw like she had her coach there. It wasn't Justin at the time. Um, It was this guy, Mike. And he was there, you know, he's overseeing, making sure he knew that I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So he watched the whole thing. He actually took the lesson with her. And they saw the value of it right away, which was great. And, you know, since 2016, we've been working with her. Oh, so it's been, yeah, it's been a little while now. Her seven years, we we were with her, and that stemmed into the underdogs. So underdogs is kind of the training camp she trains with with Justin Kotler, and some of the uh, a bunch of other games athletes. So you've started working with underdogs and like kind of what's your role within the underdogs team well we actually were working with justin also in 2016 yeah okay. um he had a game he had a team for the games dynamics dynamics yeah and he reached out to yeah. us to coach his team okay. in rowing and endurance at the time he's such a smart guy oh yeah he's just he's a genius when it at- comes to organizing and training Mm-hmm. And he knows um, who to reach out to, to put like chess, who yeah. to be where in order to create the best product. So we started working with him and the dynamics team in 2016 and coached them um, up till the games. Awesome. And, and then- we started working with Justin. Um, that was easy for us. You know, obviously we were going to stick with Carrie um, and, it, it was just seamless to again, work with Justin. And that at the time was the dynamics team that was based out of your area. Queens. Yeah. So they were close. They were, you know, 45 minute drive away. Okay. <clears throat> do you guys do a lot of in-person coaching uh, outside of your gym? Do you do a lot of in-person coaching with, with your athletes or is it a lot of remote coaching? It's a lot of remote, but we actually do seminars as well. Okay. Um, you know, obviously COVID put a halt to that, but we were going around doing seminars. We love doing that, you know, love teaching the CrossFit community, um, teaching the coaches as well, how to, you know, help their athletes. And we try to bring a lot of our athletes into the gym as well. Yeah. Because everything is there. And I and I would love to get them out on the water because rowing on the water really helps the form on the erg brings a whole nother level. So uh, when someone's on the program, I try to get them to do a stroke analysis as soon as possible. And then I try to get them here to row and awesome. ski and bike and work out with me. So I have someone to play. <laughs> so you have somebody yeah. else to work out with. Yeah. <laughs> I know that I feeling. There, so. <laughs> <laughs> with, um, you know, we, we've been mostly talking about the row, but the ski and the, the bike, they're both, unique implements like the skier um 
isn't exactly like skiing, but it is. Kind of almost reminds weight. me of swimming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very lat driven. Um, and Lizzie is, you know, I'll give her all the credit in the world. She coaches that better than anybody I know. Um, so usually when we have an athlete asking about ski, I'll handle the programming and pacing and stuff. But Lizzie's the form, even with the rower too. Lizzie, you know, she's the form police. <laughs> it's like a relentless pursuit for perfection. Yeah. With our athletes in house. <laughs> she gets on me. I'll be in the middle of a 10 K row. And she's like, chest up. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you don't want to hear it, but you but need it. it. Yeah. You need it. But it's funny when she says that and I put the chest up, I'll be holding a 150 and it goes down to a 148. Yeah, just those little minor changes of it. That's the, <laughs> the significance of of form and rowing. Yeah. And it's I mean, as a coach, I find it's so hard to coach people in rowing form because they don't have the uh, either body awareness or they just don't care at the time. And they're, you know, they're just grueling through it. And you're like, hey, you know, like keep your chest up. Let's sit up tall, finish your pull. And they're just like, I get, I don't want to hear this. Like you, you go away now and I'll just keep suffering here. Yeah. They give you that look over the shoulder. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I get physical. <laughs> <laughs> she, she does. She puts her hands on the people. She's like, I almost oh. just spit my coffee out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. She will literally do the rowing stroke for the person while they're on the rower. Knees down, tilting them back, and it works. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a new strategy. Just get very important. Get physical with the athletes. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely can do that. (laughs) With the uh, the biker, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on on the biker? Now we've I've heard coaches talk in the past about the biker tying. having a similar cadence to running or being able to use it to have a similar cadence to running. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I I agree with that because, you know, if you ever hear Lizzie coaching somebody through one of those workouts, she's constantly saying, push down, push down, Mm -hmm. you know, like you would be doing as you were running. So I, I do agree with that. And it definitely crosses over to street uh, cycling. We yeah. did a race. We I I didn't. We don't even have road bikes. We rented road bikes. We got okay. on the first time. <laughs> yeah. When the race began, we realized at that point that they had no the uh, ability to work. change gears. I was so worried with that tiny little tire. <laughs> but um, I came in second place, and it was because I've been riding the Concept Two bike. Yeah. So just uphill. It felt like I had the damper on six. Okay. Like a 120, 130 drag. Downhill, we I couldn't pedal because we had no gears. But <laughs> it really, like, it, it prepared me for that race. Okay. There's yeah. a, I mean, it is just like road cycling. Yeah. When you say it had no gears, was it like a fixed gear or was it broken? It, it was broken. broken. Yeah, they just, <laughs> the gears weren't switching. We learned that as we were literally riding out. You know, it was. Uh, we came out of the water and we jumped on the bike <laughs> and we couldn't change gears. Yeah. So I just 
Both nice of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we rented the bikes from the same spot, so kind of made sense. <laughs> Mine had BMX pedals on it. <laughs> all right. So crazy. But all of these, like, you know, veteran triathletes were like, that you're making fun of our bikes as they were walking by. They were like, look at the pedals on that one. You know, like she yeah. doesn't have clips. And then like, like, it was super funny in the downhills, these people, it sounded like it was like a race car flying by us. And then anytime there was an uphill, we were flying by them. So I was like, it's the bike erg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Being able to push through that, that, I mean, not to say the gears are different, but it, does it feel like a completely different type of, of experience like with a high damper trying to like grind through the biker than it does changing the gears on a road bike i mean that high damper on the biker is so similar to when you're in that tough gear yeah on a road bike um at least to me it feels that way i'm sure there's you know cyclists that are like this guy has no idea what he's talking about but you know for any crossfit athlete that's not you know predominantly just cycling it's going to be the crossover is going to be there for them. One of our coaches, Chris is really into cycling. He loves the, the bike erg and he has been trying to gather more road cyclists or triathletes to be training on those ergs in the winter. Cause they don't even know about it and oh. how much it could help their training throughout the winter here in New York is very yeah. dangerous for them to be out Oh button. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um I mean it, it could be a game changer for them. So that's that's an area that we're actually looking to expand is to get more cyclists to be training on the ergs through the winter. Okay. Yeah, because I know cyclists have their own it's not an erg, but like an indoor trainer. Yeah. Which is just essentially taking the back wheel off their bike and yeah, and hooking them them to that. Um so I mean would you say there's different benefits to each one or yeah i just like i, I think that no i think concept two is definitely going to be better <laughs> all right <laughs> it, it depends what you're trying to do like my my older brother is a big triathlete iron man so like i learned a lot of that side of endurance programming from him um so you know i understand they got to get used to their equipment they have to be used to their bike so yeah. obviously i think it's you know, they need to be on that road bike trainer, mm -hmm. but I, I think they should be on a biker, you know, at times because I had one of my triathletes come in and I had him, um, do a 4k biker test. And, you know, I thought based off how he rides a road bike, I was like, he's going to be in the six thirties, no problem. And I think with some experience on the bike, he would, but he got seven minutes even, which is still a good time. But based off, like, if you seen, if you saw this guy's quads, you'd be like, how did he only get seven minutes? Like, yeah. And he trains, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles a month, you know, on the bike. But he's so used to his trainer, his road bike trainer. So it's yeah. like a completely different thing. Like, he was trying to change the damper mid-ride. And I was like, no, like, you got to set it set it and forget it, you know, <laughs> type okay. um, but it, it, he, you know, it was an eye opener to him because he was like, wow, that fan, once you stop pedaling, it stops. It's not like a road bike where you're going to continue yeah. to go. Yeah. That's the one big thing about that versus the, 
uh, assault bike, even like the assault bike will kind of coast for a little yeah. bit, the heavy or that, I wouldn't, that's different than the echo bike. Yeah. So now I want, I, you know, I don't want to go off brand here, but I want to talk about how some of this supplies runner and an assault bike at the gym too. Yeah. Rob does include, um, assault runner and bike in the program because it's endurance work. Yeah. And it's important. It really is that, you know, that rogue bike is going to, you're going to see that thing everywhere now. Well, yeah. I mean, so there's so many pieces of equipment now. Yeah. Endurance equipment on top of all of the movements you need to know, you got to be ready to ride an echo bike or an assault bike or a concept two bike. Like they're all so different. How do you train the crossover? Like, is it workout specific? Is it goal specific? Like, yeah, so we're going to see a lot more echo bike now in the competitive space. It's a little of both and it depends on the athlete, you know, so with underdogs, for instance, like I write an endurance program that is, it depends it, again on the athlete, but it, generally it's, it's a row, a bike, a swim, a run, and then maybe another row, depending on what that athlete needs work on, we'll sneak in a second session. So if they need another run, we'll sneak that in. If it's a high level CrossFit athlete, they may be doing two rows, two runs, and then one of everything else. It depends mm -hmm. on what we could fit in the week with the rest of what they're doing. Yeah. And, and me and Justin being on the same page is huge because I'll say, Justin, look, I have a tough row for them this week. Can you add in another row in a wad? Because I think okay. that's very important to, to see the crossover, not just do rowing specific yeah. things like you know you have to be able to row in a workout so yeah um or combining the two like i, I like to do imams where it's you know one minute they're doing 18 calories on the, the assault bike one minute they're doing 18 cows on a ski you know and they'll do that for 16 minutes okay um, those are pretty terrible i was gonna say those are those are not easy numbers to hit no, no, but, but it, it, again, it depends on the athlete. So, yeah, you know, my general program, I'll put, you know, 12 to 15 for the ski okay. and then for the bike, maybe I'll put 15 to 18. Yeah. And then for the women, maybe 10 to 12, you know, and so on. Yeah. Okay. But it's time on the machine. Oh yeah. So if you want to get better at the assault bike or echo bike, you need to spend some time on there. Yeah. When I, I, was I re-injured my foot again and could only bike. So I went on to the assault bike program and the first four were, um, they were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know yet yeah. what, uh, where I should start in terms and, and then to finish stronger. And I hate failing sessions. So if I start too fast and then I can't maintain that speed, or number of calories per interval, mm -hmm. um, and I fail the set, I feel terrible about myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's you also feel like when you die in a set, like you just feel so defeated personally. Yeah. So, um, like it took, it wasn't until like my fourth session where I really understood where I could start, where I could get faster and okay. how to control that speed on the bike. So it was about four sessions. Then I got a hold of it. But with the assault bike too, it's it's very important. Like if you start a workout out, you know, you would high level CrossFitter. If you did a 20 cal max effort, yeah, that could ruin the whole workout. Oh yeah. So it, but if you know, okay, I could stay at 74 RPM, 
I'm still going to finish with these guys, but I'm going to be able to work. It's, it's vital to the success of the rest of the workout. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned RPM there. And I was just thinking like, how do you guys like to look at, I mean, we're looking at different implements here, but how do you like to judge like how an athlete performs on the bike? Is it, are we looking at RPM? Are you looking at Watts like bike? So assault bikes different than concept two. I know that too. Yeah. 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 So with the, with the biker, we treat it just like the rower. So it's, you know, two K for the, for the rower, for the bike, it's your four K and we'll work off there. Um, so it's your pace per thousand on that instead of pace per 500, but with the assault bike or the, the, uh, rogue echo bike, I like RPM more than Watts because that Watts, you know, it can really jump around. And I think, that could drain you mentally. Yeah. So I like RPM because, you know, if I tell you to hold, you know, 320 watts, right? And let's just say it's going 290. Now you're panicking, but maybe your RPM is just like one or two off. And that's mm-hmm. okay. You're not going to panic as much. You're going to be like, okay, I'm right on, you know, yeah. push down a little harder, let's speed up the RPM. Where I, I feel like with the watts, you know, and some coaches program it that way, and that's you know that's fine, that's up to them. But I feel like it uh, it could create a panic, which is never a good thing when you need to be as relaxed as possible. Okay, I like I find it easier myself to ride a bike and, and pay attention to the RPM, or ride the assault bike, anyways. Yeah, pay attention to the RPM. I I feel like that's just mentally. That's how I know how to track it. I haven't paid attention to Watts. Yeah. So when people start talking to me in Watts, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't do like 1500 Watts. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't pay attention to it on the rower or any of the bikes. It's, you know, I, Mm -hmm. the RPM to me, it's just a simpler number. And if I say hold between 50 and 55, it's, it's easier for somebody to do that than me saying, hold the Watts. They're going to get confused. They're going to panic. Sorry about the puppies here. No, it's all good. I can hear a little growling going on there. <laughs> it's the little guy. The little guy is the growl. You've got like Napoleon complex. <laughs> awesome. So you guys, I mean, you guys are kind of specialty coaches within the sport, but at the same time, it's such a huge part of the sport as being, you know, endurance and having that aerobic base. How do you guys see yourself fitting in, you know, and how do you see yourself fitting into the, the the bigger ecosystem of the sport kind of going forward. Like, do you think that, that the specialty coach, you know, of your nature will become more important? Like, how do you guys I, see I, that? Obviously I think it's important because it's what I do, but you know, besides that, like, I, I think there's more to just being like a specialty coach because are you going to have a running coach, a rowing coach, a swimming coach, like, now there's too many, you know, chefs in the kitchen type of thing. Yeah. So I think finding a, you know, a specialty coach that is well-versed in all of it, you know, that's, that's, to me, that's a difference maker. I like the name drop okay. there. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that's kind of what I was thinking is there's so many, there's so many disciplines now. Everybody has you know, what are you going to have 15 coaches? Yeah. No, but I think CrossFit's like a, a three headed beast. So you, you need your endurance, a super strong base. And I think that's the most important part. Yeah. 
And then um, you need strength, so weightlifting specialist. And then gymnastics, you need a gymnastics specialist. So those are your three specialists. And then an overall coach that can put all of that together for your athlete. Yeah. And that's like on a higher level. Yeah. And the egos have to be in check, obviously. I mean, like the athlete (laughs) needs to be willing to learn. Yeah. And athletes, I feel like there's some who are very open and receptive to those are going to be your athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in the, you know, the future of the sport, we we're seeing such high demand for performance in each discipline, you know, even looking at the handstand event this year, the handstand walking event, you know, it's like, Oh, we're sprinting over obstacles now. Yeah. I mean, the athletes athletes are pushing the, the limit. Yeah. So the, the better they become, the more demand is going to be put on the athlete. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with the masters, they made Lizzie do, what was it? 30 feet unbroken, like 40, 40 40 something. Yeah. 42. I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, not, you know, not taking away from anything that the the masters were given. It's incredible. The fact that, they had the 50-plus-year-old divisions doing unbroken segments of handstand walking in, like, 15 feet minimums. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. But the better they get, the more they're going to be demanded of. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's just crazy to think of how far the sport has come where we're looking at, you know, the 50-plus divisions going – let's get them to do some bar muscle ups and then handstand walk. And then we'll throw in some pistols in there too. Like, you know, we're this, this sport is evolving and you're right. The athletes are pushing the boundaries so much that it's unbelievable to think about that. Where like, if you look back 20 years, like people look at a bar muscle up, imagine somebody 20 years ago looks at the master's division of the CrossFit games this year. Like that's more difficult stuff than they were doing at the CrossFit Games ten years ago. Yeah, for the individuals. That's incredible. Yeah, and the amount of work they're doing too. The amount of events. It's yeah, unbelievable. I. It was fun <laughs> to watch some of those yes. those other divisions, the Masters, and it was nice to see the adaptive getting in there this year as yeah. well. It was really, really awesome event to watch. Yeah, very inspirational. definitely yeah for you guys what do you guys have coming up in the next uh little bit here i know we're getting into the holidays but what do you guys have coming up do you have any uh seminars or anything coming we have a big race on the 19th we're gonna do a 2k in-house so we'll be able to hook up all the monitors and have it on the big screen we're also going to host, because uh, Crash Bees this year, Nationals, is virtual. So we're going to have a lot of our athletes come to the gym, and we'll race there on our heat times virtual. Okay. Can you just explain what that is for people who aren't sure? Uh, Crash Bees? Yes. Well, it's uh, a Nationals race. So everybody indoor or okay. race. And it usually happens in Boston. At the Agnes Arena? Agnes Arena. Agnes Arena. It's usually okay. a really big event. Like for years, it was actually the World Championships. They would hold it every year at Crash Bees in Boston. 
Um, but now Crash B is transferred into U.S. Nationals, and it's a 2K race. There's a couple of team events as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there's all different divisions. There's lightweight, heavyweight. It's such um, an incredible experience. The arena is filled with ergs. So probably a thousand ergs. And then there's um, high school teams, college teams, master's divisions. Um, There's, it's just an incredible, incredible event and lightweight, heavyweight. And Lizzie's the defending champ in the lightweight category. So we're going back. So since they are not doing it in house, at the arena this year, it's virtual. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to kind of create that same environment, so we're going to host it at the gym. So when when they when you say it's virtual, is it uh, like how do you connect to their system? Do you have to connect to their system? Is it just take pictures, submit it, prove that you did it on no, that date? You are live. Yeah. So you plug okay. your computer into the back of the the monitor. Yep. Then they take over your monitor. Okay. Yeah. So you have your heat time is 8 a.m. So you have to hook up an hour before. You have to have good Wi-Fi. And then your computer is connected to your monitor. And then your monitor will say, ready, set, go. And then on your computer screen, it's you rowing with all your competitors. And you could see your split times. And, well, other people could see your split times. You can't see anything. You're like, uh. <laughs> you just You just go. But in when it's when it's live... Are you looking at anybody else while you're going or you're just head down and going? Me personally, I'm not looking at anything. Okay. <laughs> but for me, when I'm racing, like I'm looking at exactly the split I'm pulling. Lizzie just like, she has such a good feel for what the yeah. pace feels like. So it's like, I feel like she could close her eyes and she's going to pull the number that we I think a lot of to. times my eyes are closed during a race. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. It works. So, you know, a little more about last year, actually, like how I tricked her into going to the CrossFit Games. Um, you know, she was always rowing in these big competitions as a heavyweight, but it was like she's not really a true heavyweight, but there's two divisions. It's 135 or under. For lightweight and then anything else is heavyweight. So one year she was 137 and the lady was like, you're in the wrong division, you know? And then, yeah. so then she was around, you know, 145, 150. And we were like, let's get you down to lightweight and let's go after it this year. Let's see what we can do. So mm-hmm. it started like, you know, she was still doing CrossFit style workouts. And we actually, with COVID, we started filming a lot of the class workouts yeah. So that's kind of how I tricked her into like getting into shape. I would have her do her, her rowing workout. And then I'd say, Oh, we got a film today. And then she would do another workout and then like, Oh, let's throw in some skill work. And then she would do that. So like, I knew she was ready. She was lightweight. She was feeling good. Um, we qualified for worlds, which was virtual as well. Um, and world championships was a little different cause it was, you know, only a few people qualified for that event Yeah, and she ended up taking second place there. That's amazing. And, you know, it was a PR 2k. I think she ended up hitting like three or four PRs throughout the season. And then the season was over and it was the season literally ended like the week that the open started. I think it was the same weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was, okay. at, I think world championships was the same weekend where as the first yeah. workout. Yeah. So I was like, we're going to do the first workout. Let's just sign up. Let's see. 
and uh, it worked out. <laughs> so, I mean, we just brushed over that, but you finished at second, se- finished second at the World Indoor yeah. Championships for rowing in the lightweight division. That's incredible. Yeah. It was fun. And the fact that you hit multiple PRs over the course of one season is also pretty mind blowing to me because you're, you're such like a, a well-trained and highly trained athlete that it's not like you're, you know, you're new to the earth and you're like, oh, okay, I did 2k. And then like two months later you do your second 2k and you get a PR. Yeah. Like, I know it was like the more weight I lost, the faster I got. And the funny thing about like hitting the PRs, I actually, she, you know, the 2k could be very mental for yes. a lot of rowers, you know, yeah. even your Olympians, like it's a very mental test. Um, I wrote a workout and it started with a 2k and ended with a 2k and got her to PR in that first 2k. And then it was like, what was the middle part? It was, terrible. Oh, it was disgusting. It was, um, like DT with bar muscle ups. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's go back 2k. You hit a PR time. Then you yeah. do DT and then you throw in some bar muscle ups into DT. So DT, every round. people don't know. Okay, so DT, 12 deadlifts, nine hand clean, six shouldered overhead. Throw in how many five bar muscle ups? Five, five bar muscle ups. Okay, yes. so we just did another, you know, 25 bar muscle ups on top of the DT work and then another 2K row. Yeah. And then roughly, how? what was your split from the first 2K to the last 2K? So the, the first 2K, she hit like a 724 time. Okay. Which was a one second PR. Okay. At the time. Yeah. Okay. And then my second Wasn't one, I held a 155 split. Yeah. So, so she was, was still under, you know, way under that eight minute mark on the second 2K. <laughs> it was like the most disgusting workout in the world. It was so. I'm. Disgusting. Yeah. That's gross. But I knew like, so like I know her as an athlete and like, that's why I like to get to know my athletes. Cause I knew she'd be worried about that middle part so much yeah. that when she got started in 2k. If I felt like she was on pace, I would push her. If I felt like she was just gaming it for the rest of the workout, I'd let her hold back. But I saw she had that good start and I was like, let's just hold it and see. And then she did. <laughs> then I that's was, impressive. I could do, it was a, mental hurdle i felt like if i could hold that time that pace and still get off and do all that work that i could push harder if it was just a 2k mm-hmm. so then my next 2k was a 718 yeah and then my 2k after that was a, um, a 715 and then i got it down to 713 yeah, good for you. That was a great season. <laughs> it was fun. It was a great season. That's incredible. Great yeah. job. And so, second at Worlds, CrossFit Games, all in the same year. Yep, first U.S. And Nationals. I won Crash Bees. Yeah. And oh, last year, yeah. How could I forget? Yeah. That's <laughs> so. I mean, that's that's that speaks to the type of programming you do and the the level of of uh, capacity that you have that you can transfer those over. So I don't want to say easily, but so well. Yeah. Yeah. And she wasn't, you know, she wasn't a gymnast growing up. So like she doesn't have that background. She wasn't a weightlifter growing up. Mm-hmm. So like she has to work hard at that stuff and she does, but like we use that engine as like, we're going to rely on this. Yeah. We're going to do the work and the other stuff. 
and hopefully, you know, the end result is where we want it. That makes me think so much more about the type of programming that, that I do and, <laughs> and that, um, any quick tips for people who, who would, you know, want to improve on the erg as there things, you know, not to give away all the secret sauce, but a couple things for them to, to think about while they're on their ergs. You know, I would say the form and Lizzie will go more into that, but you know, that's huge. I mean, yeah. form definitely comes first. I say to our athletes at the gym, it's form, power, and speed. Okay. It's like triage. Yeah. And then um, time on the erg. Mm-hmm. You have to spend time on the erg mindfully. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's gotta, no magic pill. You got to know your numbers and you got to know, you know, if I'm, if my 2K pace is two minutes, then, you know, for 30 minutes, I should be able to hold a 212, you know. So with, then when you're in a workout that's, you know, that time domain, like Lizzie, you may not be in that in tune with, the, you know, the exact numbers that you're holding while you're doing burpees. But you may say, oh, this kind of feels like that row I was doing. I could push a little harder in the last five minutes like I did on that 30 minute row. Awesome. Things for people to think about. Now, if they want to find out more about coaching and if they want to know how they can get a hold of you guys, where can they find you? On Instagram at Concept Fitness NY. Okay. Or and then we got what's your your Lizzie? Yeah. Carson.row. Row. Yeah. And then Rob for your programming. Carson. Is it through you? EBC, but I do everything through the gym's website. So if you went on the okay. concept of this MY, you could find us through there. And then, you know, through underdogs as well. Like we have programs up with them to improve your 2K, your assault bike. Um, we have some more stuff in the works. We have a mile run program with them as well. And then we have some other stuff that will be coming out for the ski, for the biker. The Murph program. Yeah. We're going to have a, a lot of cool things with underdogs and, you know, as well as coaching the endurance stuff, like I do like the CrossFit, you know, side of it too. So like I have my CrossFit level one and, you know, I love coaching my wife. So like I obviously use Justin, you know, I'm like, all right, I, I have Lizzie doing this. What do you think? You know, and then, he's been mentoring me in that way, which is great because I just love coaching. You know, I actually coach ice hockey as well. Um, I just, anything coaching I love. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time and hopefully everyone go check out the engine by Carson program, either on their uh, Instagram page or concept fitness NY underdog athletics guys this has been the difference maker difference makers i appreciate your time guys <laughs> have a great you. day thank you with the wadproof pro experience you'll get instant access to training programs from some of the best coaches on the planet from full training programs in the gym and at home to movement specific programs for weightlifting gymnastics engine endurance rowing and more we have a program that is designed for your needs whether you are a beginner or a pro Every training session introduces a series of questions. Am I happy with my performance? Where could I have gone faster? When will I be ready to go again? For Wadproof Pro athletes, also this question. 
What can I learn from that workout? With a Wadproof Pro subscription, you gain access to a complete training toolbox. From a full-featured exercise log, to side-by-side comparisons, to the ability to record your heart rate right alongside your rounds and reps. You have at your fingertips everything you need to learn, to make progress, and to go into tomorrow's training more prepared than today's. The best athletes are the best students, and with your Wadproof Pro subscription, you will have in your pocket the education you need to elevate your training and uncover the many lessons that every single workout offers you. Subscribe today so you can get better tomorrow.